Let me go over the key points, why you should care. This thing that is, it, remember, this is proposed by the Biden administration. These clauses are proposed by our executive branch, by our president, okay? First off, increase surveillance. Under Article 5, the WHO will develop early warning criteria that will allow it to establish a risk assessment for a member state which means it can use the type of modeling, simulation, and predictions that exaggerated the risk from COVID-19 over two years ago. Once the WHO creates its assessment unilaterally, it will communicate it to intergovernmental organizations and other member states. They will then have a 48-hour deadline. This is how this is gonna work. It, within 48 hours and really less, they will have to make a go-no-go -no -go decision about complying with the mandate which is entirely under the control of Tedros. The Director General of the World Health Organization has the authority under this statute to circumvent the US Constitution and to activate a dominant role over the US Constitution by the Constitution of the World Health Organization. He can do this unilaterally. Remember, the two major donors to the World Health Organization currently are the CCP, Communist China, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Bill Gates. Bill Gates is placing 250 million into the WHO. They, those two control the WHO full stop. What this bill does is it hands over control of the American constitution and circumvents states' rights. This is really a power play by the, by the executive branch to create a pathway whereby they can get the WHO to do their bidding and to overturn the state's rights. which remember, this is super important. The constitution restricts the federal government to only those powers and roles that are mentioned. Control of medical care is absolutely not within the federal government's purview under the constitution. It vests with the states. Under this uh, proposed change, which I believe is driven by the World Economic Forum, as well as the CCP, and through its uh, agents such as Bill Gates, 
This is a play to circumvent not only the U.S. Constitution, but to cir circumvent the ability of states to control medical care within their domains. This cuts right to the new ruling that we hope is going to come out from Scalia and others concerning states' rights, which is being couched under the logic of Roe versus Wade, but it's really far, far broader than just Roe versus Wade. That ruling resets the proper relationship between the federal government and states. That's really what's behind this ruling. Well, good evening. Patriots, freedom fighters throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> things just keep getting crazier, and they're 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 stacking these things um, on each other. Um, of course, we're we're talking about you know the Ukraine happening which is coordinated and orchestrated by the World Economic Forum and and uh, NATO and whoever else. Um, then, of course, you have this sovereignty-stealing treaty that's coming up um, amongst all the other plans that they have in place. Um, and things just keep getting crazier. And then, you know, half the population is watching hockey, right? Which... I don't mind watching a little hockey here and there, but there are some pretty important things going on in the world that we should probably pay attention to uh, more than what the media tells you. But of course, that's what people do. They spend 30 seconds a day listening to the radio news or the TV news, and they think they're pretty well informed. The opposite is true. So I've been focusing a lot in the last couple of days, last few days, on, of course, this global pandemic treaty. Um, it's 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 very nefarious. Uh, it's you know I, I hope people start paying attention because it's it's a big deal. Uh, it's an example of the greater agenda of global governance and population control and climate change and all these other things. Um, it's just an example of that. And this is how they're going to go about moving towards global governance and destroying the nation state, destroying the sovereignty of nation states around the world. And and I, I'm amazed. I, I, I just somehow there's a part of me that doesn't believe they're going to be able to accomplish this. Something tells me that nation states around the world are going to wake up to this. And they're and they're going to say no. Now this first week coming up from the twenty seventh or twenty second to the twenty eighth is just the language changing the language in the World Health Organization, the WHO um, Constitution, right? So they need to change the Constitution in order to change uh, the, the the governing and governance. Um, within the World Health Organization. So they need, they have to change the wording first. And that's what this first week is 22nd to the 28th. Um, it's changed the constitution of the World Health Organization. But it it's, it's the first step and it's a big step toward 
of course, the uh, ultimate goal of the World Health Organization, determining and dictating to nation states how they respond in the event of a pandemic. Now, of course, they'll just create a pandemic, right? And they'll just create a virus in a lab and it'll mysteriously be let loose onto the onto the world and uh, we'll be in another pandemic. And the World Health Organization, the UN, will essentially be uh, the governing body. So this is how they're doing this, this global governance. But I want to show you, Salim is going to join us tonight at 8 o'clock. i got 15 minutes. I want to show you something that was shown to me uh, earlier today. <clears throat> and this is why, you know, we always have to keep learning. We always have to keep, you know, being open to seeing and learning new things. This is this was uh, shown to me early today. Uh, Lioness of Judah Substack does a lot of really good work. Um, this one in particular is good, and most of the research on this um, was done by Canuck Law. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with who Canuck Law is. Uh, she does a lot of really good research um, and and she's done a really good job in this one. So I just want to go through a few things here so so we kind of get a grasp. This, this idea of, of Canada losing its sovereignty um, in terms of health is nothing new, as you'll see what, what uh, Canuck Law has found and, and researched. And again, Robert, Dr. Robert Malone, as he was talking about in the intro, um, our constitution is also very clear that the provinces have jurisdiction over our health care. And it seems the federal government is breaking that constitution. No, no kidding. Uh, nothing new. Uh, in order to be able to cede our sovereignty, cede our authority, our autonomy to this unelected foreign entity. And I don't know, the definition of treaty is, seems pretty simple. Um, this would be, I think, a perfect example of what treason is. That's only my interpretation. I'm not a lawyer, but um, I do understand words and I do understand acts. And I'm pretty sure that that what's happening is treasonous. When, when, when the leader of your country is ceding sovereignty, authority, governance to an unelected foreign entity, that seems to me the definition of treason. Uh, again, I'm no lawyer, but I understand words. So anyways, this has been going on for a while, as you're going to see. Um, Bill C-5, an act respecting the establishment of Public Health Agency of Canada, so PHAC, FAC, and amending certain acts. Um, and B, Bill C-12, an act to prevent the introduction and spread of communicable diseases. I'm just going to read what, what she's written here. Uh, this will sound controversial, but FAC, the Public Health Agency of Canada, is essentially a branch of the World Health Organization. 
It's therefore logical that Theresa Tam, or whoever that person is, <laughs> would actually hold dual roles. From 2004 to 2006, there were a few significant developments in Canadian politics, the effects of which would finally be felt in 2020 with this fake pandemic. Creation of the Public Health Agency of Canada by order and council. International Health Regulations, third edition, take effect. Passing of the Quarantine Act based on the WHO International Health Regulations, so IHR stands for International Health Regulations. Passing of FACT Act, giving the agency real teeth. These events are connected. The 2005 Quarantine Act is domestic implementation of international health regulations. The Provincial Health Acts are derivatives of that. FACT is a branch of World Health Organization that masquerades as part of the Canadian government. It was cre created to fulfill obligations under the World Health Organization International Health Regulations. Far from being a rogue administration, this was advanced by successive liberal and conservative governments. Maybe one of the reasons the Canadian media spent so much time on Paul Martin's Stephen Harper drama was to divert attention from what was really going on. Absolutely, that's what they do all the time. It may also explain why Aaron O'Toole is so blasé about martial law being imposed these days. So the timeline, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go through this whole timeline. I, I just don't have time today. But I'm going to put the link in the chat, and um, you guys can go through that if you like. Um, again, it's, it's just the timeline, um, you know, January 2004, who decides to update the international health regulations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right up until December 15th, 2006. Um, and Royal Assent, the uh, FAC Act is receives Royal Assent. Number two, FAC is Canada's focal point for IHR. And again, International Health Regulations 2005, third edition. Um, <clears throat> each state party shall designate or establish a national international health regulations focal point and the authorities responsible <clears throat> within its respective jurisdiction for the implementation of health measures under these regulations. National IHR focal points shall be accessible at all times for communication with the World Health Organization. IHR contact points provided in paragraph three of this article. The functions of the national IHR focal points shall include sending to the World Health Organization international health regulation contact points on behalf of the state party concerned, urgent communications concerning the implementation of these regulations, in particular under article six to 12. Disseminating information to and consolidating input from relevant sectors of the administration of the state party concern, including those responsible for surveillance and reporting, points of entry, public health services, clinics, hospitals, and other government departments. Seems to me that back then we ceded a whole lot of our national sovereignty uh, to the World Health Organization in this regard. And uh, I find that interesting. It seems to be relatively treasonous once again when our constitution is pretty clear that the provinces will uh, administer and determine our our health care and uh, 
The World Health Organization shall designate IHR contact points, which shall be accessible at all times for communications with national IHR focal points. The World Health Organization IHR contact point shall send urgent communications concerning the implementation of these regulations, in particular under Article 6 to 12, the national IHR focal point of the state's parties concerned. World Health Organization IHR contact points may be designated by World Health Organization as headquarters or at the regional level of the organization, blah, blah, blah. So it carries on, it continues on. So the 2005 edition of the International Health Regulation specifies that each state party, which is each country, shall establish a focal point. These points shall be responsible for implementing the regulations and answering to the World Health Organization. And who is that focal point? The Public Health Agency of Canada it was created specifically for the purpose of implementing the World Health Organization's directives on global public health. Who better to be heard to be head to head the, the fact than Theresa Tam? This person acted in a 2010 film supporting martial law and already works for the World Health Organization anyway. Timeline of FAC and IHR implemented. January 19th. To the 23rd, 2004, the 113th session of the Executive Board of the World Health Organization, it was decided that the international health regulations were to receive an updated edition. Page 41 starts to address the proposed changes to the IHR and states that it is widely supported by member states. This seems to be no concern with just how much sovereignty is given up. In fact, discussions for the changes to make to the IHR continued throughout 2004 into 2005, that's when things started to happen in Canada. Although this was not discussed publicly, of course, it never is. None of this stuff is ever discussed publicly. They never hold town halls. They never report to the people they are sworn to serve. It's all done behind the curtain. It's all done in smoky boardrooms. Um, series of orders and councils in 2004 were signed to retroactively include the Public Health Agency of Canada into existing legislation. FACT was also a recent creation that had not yet received any sort of legislative legitimacy. That would later change. This is not some conspiracy theory. In fact, FACT itself writes, was created in 2004 in response to growing concerns about the capacity of Canada's public health system to anticipate and respond effectively to public health threats. This is posted on its own website it's under section titled, Why Was the Agency Created? Fact creation was part of the larger federal strategy. Part of that pillar three promoted the idea of the Pan-Canadian Public Health Network. Pan-Canadian seems to be euphemism for global. On October 8, 2004, two weeks later, Bill C-12 was introduced into the House of Commons. This was the Quarantine Act and was to be based on the World Health Organization's regulations. By the end of October, it had passed second reading and was before HESA committee. So here you are, here we are in Canada, we're being dictated to, we're being issued IHRs to then convert into Canadian law and to convert into a, a from a bill to an act uh, making it law in Canada. So we're under, we're, we've been under this dictatorship of the World Health Organization for quite some time. Uh, just, you know. As a, as a point. I'm not going to go through all of this stuff. From the November 4th, 2004 Parliament hearings, parliamentary hearings, 
Bill C-12, the 2005 Quarantine Act, was written to accommodate anticipated changes into the international health regulations. As it spelled out, compliance is mandatory. It also becomes clear that the newly created Public Health Agency of Canada, FAC, will be responsible for carrying out actions in accordance with the Quarantine Act. Keep in mind, in 2004, FAC had been created by an order in council. There was no legislative basis for it yet. Bill C-5, Public Health Agency of Canada, FAC. So it just goes through the bill. Um, the FAC was created for the purpose of promoting public health. It serves as a required focal point for Canada to fulfill its obligations under the international health regulations and the Quarantine Act. Having Theresa Tam as both the public health officer of Canada working for the World Health Organization actually makes sense. FAC effectively acts as a branch of the World Health Organization. FAC exists to serve a UN function. So this is nothing new. Again, I put the link in the in the chat. I encourage you to go and have a look at it. I encourage you to share it. Uh, Canuck has done uh, Canuck Law has done very good work in this regard. Uh, there is another. Um, Another site, another uh, link um, that you, I encourage you to look at as well. I'm going to put that in the chat um, relative to the same thing. Basically, uh, what I'm getting at in all of this is that your elected officials, both conservative and liberal, um, for many years, has ceded our sovereignty, our national sovereignty, um, especially in regards to our to our healthcare system, um, to the World Health Organization, and and this documentation um, and research that was done by Canuck Law is a further example of that. So the idea that our nation and our uh, government. Uh, would cede our sovereignty to an unelected foreign entity is by no stretch of the imagination uh, possible and likely. So it's up to us, again, um, and, and I, I really think that the mechanism to oppose this is through the provinces. And so we have to get to our provincial premiers and to our provincial uh, ruling parties and, and force them to take a position on this, a position of obviously autonomy and uh, independence and sovereignty, rather than uh, allowing our federal government to commit treason and hand over that uh, power and, and authority to an unelected foreign entity. Uh, it's up to us. We have to do this, force your provincial governments to do that. At least, you know, raise awareness at least get the message out there and share it as, as much as you can so people at least understand that it's happening. Because, I mean, if we don't, and, and absolutely, the WHO is run by the CCP and Bill Gates, as Dr. Malone mentioned in the opening, uh, two of the, the, big, the two biggest funders of the World Health Organization. Uh, I'm sure Canada is in there too. Uh, we just have, unfortunately, a smaller population that doesn't have as much money um 
disposable um, until they print more to give uh, to the World Health Organization. But we, we are giving lots. I mean, uh, Canada has committed $3 million to the World Economic Forum and $1.6 billion to the, to the UN, which, of course, you know, they can designate and send to the World Health Organization. So, um, yeah. But the two largest funders of that organization is, of course, the CCP, the Communist Chinese, and Bill Gates. So uh, if you want your health care determined by um, a communist entity, as well as a fascist um, dictator, uh, <laughs> Bill Gates, um, hey, keep voting liberal conservative. Anyways, I wanted to start the night off with that because I, I wanted to get it out there. Um, so there you go. It's out there. Um, now I'm going to bring in my good friend, Celine Mansour, uh, to join us to have a discussion about, uh, well, this sort of leads from this into our, our discussion. Uh, Ukraine essentially being the battleground of globalism. Uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit more tonight with uh, my good friend, Celine Mansour. Hello, Celine. Hello, uh, Mark. Uh, good evening to everyone. How are you? I'm good. How are you, my friend? I'm good too. I'm good too. Beautiful weather in southern Ontario today. Yeah, not here. It was a great day if you were a duck in Saskatoon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it rained and it's cold and it's it's kind of gross. Well, I've been hearing what you've been speaking, um, uh, Mark, and 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 some of the announcements that you have done over the week. Uh, they're terrific. Yeah. Uh, you're bringing to attention what. The mainstream media should be blasting right on on on, on of top of all the news, but it, it's totally missing um, that um, we are slipping deeper and deeper into the clutches of the globalists and the globalist agenda. Um, and here, the conservatives are having a debate in which there is no discussion about any of these matters. Right, right. Yeah, their debate is a complete farce and. I mean, during this leadership race, um, you know, you would think that an opposition party that's in the middle of a leadership race would talk about some important subjects, none of which really go anywhere below the surface. And and it's, it, I mean, it's, it's obvious uh, they can't because they're the party that's responsible for a lot of this. So, you know, are they going to, are they going to out themselves? I continually ask Pierre Polivare uh, on Twitter and other social media that, you know, do you denounce the sustainable development agreement that your party is responsible for bringing to our country? Do you denounce your party for doing that? Um, do you denounce it in general? And if you do, do you, denounce, do, you, do you denounce your party for doing it? And of course, they can't answer that. And then you look at even the independents like True North or, or Rebel, you know, they seem to be in the pocket of the conservatives. They won't talk about these issues. They won't ask these questions, right? So it's up to people like me and, and yourself and others that, that, that have to do it. And we're, we're forced to do this. Right. Um, so when will our people, uh, um, Canadian, or at least enough of them, wake up to realize that these are controlled opposition? This, these are not opposition party. They're controlled opposition. I mean, going back to... Um, um, 
to the 2017-2018 leadership uh, of the Conservative Party in which uh, Max, Maxime Bernier was denied his legitimate win by uh, backroom boys fixing the uh, leadership uh, election. Maxime only at, at that time in 2017, uh, none of these issues were at the forefront, but he raised the issue of supply management. And you saw what happened, you know, the, the, the backroom people, the conservative party, financiers and others got together to get instant membership among the supply management people in uh, Quebec. The 7,000 vote difference that um, removed Maxime Bernier from the, what was practically his leadership. He had gone through uh, 12 of the 13 round of election, uh, uh, the voting. And um, at the last vote, he was taken out. Taken out. So, this is control, control opposition. It has nothing to do with the people's agenda. And I asked the question only rhetorically. I know the answer. The people are not going to wake up because the people have abandoned their own responsibility. If the people are going to drink themselves to oblivion, that is, I'm talking about those who are into whatever form of addiction, alcohol or drugs, now cannabis is legitimate. And if they're going to drink themselves, smoke themselves into oblivion, then there's no one else to complain. I mean, we are talking about taking responsibility. Freedom doesn't come without responsibility. Right. So my rhetorical question, will the Canadian people waken? Sadly to say that the vast majority are not going to waken and we are going to be in this situation. Uh, the few of us talking about it, the few of us are awoken. I'm sure the people who are joining us are awoken, but the rest of the country, you know, it is, it is a very sad situation in which we find ourselves, that is the Western civilization finds ourselves in today. 100%. And that's, you know, and again, all we can do is is try to reach them and try to, you know, create content that informs people of, of what's going on. But it's the old saying, you lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah, exactly. So those, those, those are simply the opening re remark. It is a simply a statement coming out of my heart, just as it comes out of your heart, you know, in the sense of um, we are pushing but we know that the mainstream media is totally controlled. It is, I mean, I keep telling my friends over here in conversation that Goebbels, the ghost of Goebbels is proud that the uh, Ministry of Propaganda that he installed in the Third Reich is alive and well in the West. It is alive and well in America. It is alive and well in Canada. It is alive and well in Britain, the BBC, the CBC, the entire, you know, soup kitchen alphabets of the American media, ABC, NBC, and so on and so forth, including the Fox News. These are all the children of Gebel. Yeah. This is Ministry of Propaganda. It has nothing to do with facts and figures mm -hmm. and trying to educate the people in terms of what are the issues, what are the backstory. And, and, and we have a completely dumbed down um, school system, a completely dumbed down higher education. Uh, people 
do not have any memory beyond what is fed to them on a 24 by 7 news cycle. Mm. And so we, we are carrying on, we are doing it. And as you said, then, you know, I mean, in, in your opening remark, as, as you brought me in, I mean, we need to discuss Ukraine. The only reason we only, but the most important reason, it being only to the most important reason is um, the war in Ukraine, this Russia, Russia-Ukraine war, it's not an accident. No. It is not something that just happened and began on February the 24th when the special military operation was launched uh, by Putin uh, in the Donbass region. There is a long period of gestation. The fuse goes back to the Cold War, the end of the Cold War, just as the Second World War did not begin uh, in Europe uh, on September 1st, 1939, when Hitler's armies crossed into Polish, Polish territory. Right. September 1st, 1939 had a long gestation period, and it goes back to, as these are all on record, uh, to um, the end of World War One and the Treaty of Versailles that people had pointed out at that time. I'm not talking about today. At that time, people like John Maynard Keynes in his famous book, Economic Consequences of the Peace, pointed out that what the leaders had done in 1919 at the Treaty of Versailles, they had laid basically the foundation for a second world war. And that's exactly what happened. And the, he was not alone. There was a whole lot of people that had pointed out, you know. So we are in a state of a military operation, a war. The only question is that we are faced with right now is what happens if this gets escalated into the level of a nuclear confrontation? What happens then? Everybody had been warned. Everybody knows about it. That is anybody, maybe Justin Trudeau doesn't, because Justin Trudeau is what he is, a moron. But anybody, serious leader, knows about it, that with the crisis uh, uh, 60 years ago, with the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was very clear. And, and, and the precedent was set that America and the Soviet Union at that time, Soviet Union, would respect each other's red line that they would right. not cross it right you know and 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 how to engage and how to de-escalate you know and 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 instead of that we are 60 years later the american deep state the cia the military industrial complex nato which is all part of the deep state structure that president eisenhower had warned about and president kennedy gave his life to try to dismantle it I don't think most people know about it. And I don't think, you know, most people not knowing about it don't give a hoot. As I keep seeing people running around in my city with the Ukraine flag flying. So we have become a culture. We have become a culture of virtue signaling. Yes. You know, yes. not of substance. It's all virtue signaling. 24 by 7. Nobody's asking serious questions. None of my colleagues in the university are asking serious questions. 
media is not talking about it and 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 so the virtue signaling is you know we are the good guys i mean justin trudeau goes to kiev he's distributing money he's going to stand for the freedom of ukraine while the people in canada who's standing for the freedom of canadians are called terrorists right you know and so he's going to stand and he's going to pour money into into uh, Ukraine, which is what he's doing, which is what Biden is doing, which is what Boris Johnson is doing and, and so on. And if, when Canadians stand up to defend their rights, to express what they believe is their fundamental right to express, to organize, to speak about whether it's vaccine mandate, whether it is about our freedom, the Canadians are called terrorists. This is what has come down to. And we are having a, a, a conservative party debate going on where they are skirting all the issues because those issues are not going to be talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is about who can win the next election. The only thing that Jean Charest has on the table is that he has the experience of winning elections. So he right. should be elected the leader, you know. <laughs> and Pierre Poirier, of course, you know, right. he... he 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 is going to solve the economic problems of Canada. You know, he's going to bring the budget back and so on and so forth, without at all addressing the fundamental issues, which is what you have been talking about: the UN agenda, climate change, sustainable development, global migration. That has wrecked and ruined Canadian economy, just as Biden has wrecked and ruined American economy, and it's all been done on purpose. Yeah, this is by design. This. It's all orchestrated. It's all coordinated. They knew the consequences of, of what would happen and what would by creating the Ukraine war. They knew exactly what the consequences would create. And they're using that conflict to achieve their goals. And that's the destruction of Western civilization, the destruction of the nation state, and and move and a move to global governance. I mean, it's 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 also obvious because they've told us this is what they're doing. A, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. I mean, let's now, having talked about it, let us strip it into its various uh, uh, dimension. Let's take the case of um, the climate change issue, which is the keystone issue, or has been the keystone issue. Uh, um, net zero emission by the year 2030, you know, uh, and, and, and build back better and green economy, you know. Uh, in Ontario, there is an election taking place and my neighborhood is, uh, I live in a neighborhood which is basically one and where most of the residents, it is very close to the university and very cl close to the London Health Science Center. So there are a lot of uh, uh, medical people, nurses, school teachers, um, university professors. This is the neighborhood where I am living. And um, the um, signs up in my neighborhood uh, is all about green, green party, vote green, you know. Um, and, and, and so this, this clear issue of, about climate change and everything surrounding it means the destruction of the fossil fuel based economy that began you know more than 30 plus years ago today in london i don't know what is the price in in your part of the country uh, in saskatchewan 
in London, uh, I paid $2.10 for a liter of gas. Yeah, it's two. It's two oh four uh, for diesel and one seventy eight or one eighty two for for gas. So, yeah. Well, for diesel in in London, if my memory serves me, when I went to the gas station, the diesel price was a flashing. Diesel prices around about two thirty or two forty, something like that, in the range. You know. Um, so here, very quickly, I mean, Canada has, you know, is, is among, in terms of our oil and gas reserve, Canada is among the top five countries in the world. Right. You know, uh, America under President Trump in, in 2017, 2021, uh, had become the top producer of oil and gas in the world. America was totally self-sufficient when President Trump uh, was the election was stolen and he, and he left office in January of 2021 uh, the price of gas in America was a uh, dollar 80 a gallon here we are spending two dollar plus a liter so yeah. four liters to a gallon you know simple mathematics you know it's almost ten dollars to a gallon in America it was a dollar 80 a gallon today in America uh, gas is uh, over $7 a gallon in California. Uh, and so uh, what is the explanation of it? I mean, how, how dumb do the people in America and Canada, we are a first world country. We are not some third world country without trying yeah. to insult any third. I come from the third world country, but we are not Zimbabwe. We are not Bangladesh. We are not, you know, Papua New Guinea. You're the first world country, you know, so how dumb can the people in first world country be? This is a deliberate yeah. issue to destroy the fossil fuel economy, you know, and by destroying the fossil fuel economy or by shutting it down, destroy the middle class in America, destroy the middle class in Canada, you know, at, 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 at uh, $10 a gallon, you know, it means that this entire 20th century history, beginning in late 19th century, with the invention of the internal combustion engine, Henry Ford and Company, that America and Canada became the model of an advanced country, driving cars, highways, and so on, that is to be now destroyed. We're going to go back to bicycles, and we're going to go back to bus riding, and back yeah. to walking, you know? This is the destruction of the middle class, you know, and yet this middle class is voting for right. Justin Trudeau, voting for the Conservative Party, voting for Biden. So what has happened is garbage has been put into our body and our brain has become garbage. And that's what it is. 100%. It's, 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 it's a mad cow disease and this is what has happened and we can't talk about it. We cannot discuss it because to talk about it and discuss it in America, Biden has already put in place disinformation bureau and you can be then indicted for false propaganda and disinformation. So right. back again, we are into Orwell territory. And yet the people will continue to vote for these people. Yes. Yeah. So that is one aspect of it. I mean, we can keep on going. Today, the number one news item 
It has been for the last few days, but today in the evening news, the number one item in American news was, that is not in Fox News, was uh, baby formula cannot be found in right. most of the cities, you know. Mm. In Texas, the, what I saw, the clip was none of the major departmental store, grocery store, their shelves were carrying a baby formula. It was empty. Well, this is the beginning of what we have been talking about. This is the destruction of the supply chain and therefore the destruction of our food economy and, and worse things are going to come, you know. Yes. Um, and yet we are going to keep voting for the liberals. Yet we are going to keep vote, doing virtue signaling. But, but So this is, this is where I say, though, Salim, is once this gets to a certain point, where the people are directly affected it's not just you know on the fringe where people are it's 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 the majority of people are affected then they're going to be forced to wake up and and you know as far as i'm concerned yes a lot of us think it might be too late but it's really ultimately it's never too late to turn around you know the direction that we're, we're headed but but sooner or later the masses are all going to be affected. I mean, when their goal is to destroy Western civilization, the industrialized world in favor of this global utopia that is, is an, is dystopian and it will be a nightmare. Uh, as we move closer to that, more and more people will be forced to wake up and their bubble that they live in will, will, will burst. It, it has to, it's inevitable. But is it in time before we can avoid it? No, it's not. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the, the, what you are arguing and what I agree with is based upon the principle of logic. Yes. That logically this thing is unsustainable. Right. And therefore, there should be a fundamental repudiation of this unsustainable situation that has been going on incrementally till where we have arrived over the last half century. Okay. So logically it is, I am with you. And in that sense, logically, I want to remain an optimist, but all I have been witnessing. And I agree with you because even right now, as we speak, most Canadians' face is glued to the TV watching hockey playoffs, right? Because that's the most important event in their life, and they don't see, they don't want to see anything outside of that. It's by choice, but soon they won't have that. So you know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but 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 I don't begrudge. You know, I I confess I have not watched a single big league baseball for the last three years. And I confess why I haven't watched it. Neither have I watched big league baseball, nor have I watched NBA or the March Madness because I love sports and I would sit and watch baseball, especially as the playoff approach and then basketball as the play playoff approach and March Madness with my son. Because he was crazy about these things. Well, once I lost my son, I have not 
God is my witness. I have not tuned into any of these things. I cannot watch it anymore. Right. It is it is too hurtful for me, Thank and so I haven't, you know. But I don't begrudge other people watching it, you know. Uh, the people have to have distraction from the worries, you know. We yes, we owe it to our children. We we owe it to our children, you know. If you have children, as I did with my son, you know, he grew up with me. I was his dad. I used to take him to watch Blue Jays in Toronto. You know, we would go to the fifth deck and have our uh, 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 our hot dog, and we would spend three hours together watching. That was the father-son relationship, you know. And 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 we cannot begrudge anybody. I mean, we should encourage that because that's cleaning up the head, that's bringing the family together. But what we must insist upon that the parents, that the people who are adults start taking seriously an understanding of the world read history exactly. ask questions you know and and the freedom that you have or you were born into was not given to you as a lottery ticket people fought and died for that freedom that you have it today and and therefore you owe it to your children and your grandchildren that you take responsibility for that freedom, you know, and that not hand it over. But people don't discuss it. People right. don't engage in it, you know. They roll their eyes over. And so what we have is moronic people running our country at the level of the federal, provincial, and municipal governments, Absolutely. you know. And, 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 and that's the point we are, I'm, I'm coming back to, you know. So, I mean, this whole idea that they bought into climate change, well, the consequences is right now. It is now $10, it's going to become $20. You know, it is over. That, that culture that our parents and grandparents fought for, it is in our lifetime we have failed them and we have failed our children and grandchildren. It is our responsibility. So back to Ukraine, you know, um, this whole idea of the globalists for the last 30 years that they were squeezing Russia. Now it is clear. If I talked about this five years ago, then nobody would say, yeah, yeah, there is some truth to it. No, they would say Salim is crazy or Salim is a Russian agent. He's a communist. And I spent my life opposing communism because I come from a third world country and I know what it is. Right. You know, but the squeeze on Russia after the end of the Cold War, when the Cold War was finished, communism had been defeated. We can now clearly see now that it is happening, we can clearly see that the whole idea behind, say, climate change only, that is the Europeans, and of course Canada is part of the European mindset, you know, virtue signaling, was taking, starting with Germany, Germany under Angela Merkel, who became the chancellor in Germany immediately after the Cold War ended in 2006, 2005, 2006. She only retired this year. Right. You know, it was her agenda 
as was the agenda of all the European members of the EU, the green economy, that they are going to go into, you know, the renewable energy, wind power and solar power, you know, and where would they get their fundamental energy that is required to run their industry? Germany was, the, was until now, the powerhouse of European economy. It was German money, it was German economy that was sustaining countries like Greece, Italy, and so on and so forth inside the EU. Where would they get their resources for their industry? Mm. Well, the answer was, as, as they demonstrated it, they built the Nord Stream 1 and the Nord Stream 2. They would get their fossil fuel requirement from Russia and from the Middle East OPEC country. In other words, this is what you're signaling. We Germans, we Europeans, we have the purest economy. We have the green economy. It is being run by wind power. It is being run by solar panels. It is, you know, this is the great economy of the future. In the meantime, they have parceled off their industrial economy that has to be run by importing gas and oil from uh, Russia, Russia, you know, the right. same thing. With, the same thing with the Canadian. We shut down. We are not going to bring uh, oil and gas from Alberta. We are not going to bring it from uh, Western Canada uh, with pipeline to the heartland, which is Ontario and Quebec. But we are going to buy that oil from Saudi Arabia, from the Middle East, and bring it into by ships into East Coast, and then send it down to Saint Lawrence into the heartland, you know? So this is it, virtue signaling. We will have a green economy, whereas we are gonna shut down our own oil and gas production. The same thing with the American. So you, you multiply this effect, this was virtue signaling. You know, right. well, the Russians said, okay, you're gonna have buy my our gas, we will supply you with the gas. This so right. did the Arabs, so did the Iranians, so on and so forth. The Chinese need it, the Japanese need it, they are importing their gas and their oil from Russia, from Iran, from Saudi Arabia. And so it is, it is only the European and the Canadians and the Democratic Party in the United States that have gone into this green economy right. to impose their virtue signaling on the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So then what happens? Nature has its own answer. So yes. they start a war. And the war that is started by squeezing the Russian through Ukraine, by pushing NATO eastward, 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 you know, completely insulting the idea that the Russians have a green line, just as the Americans have a green line, you know. Right. So they do that. A war starts. Then they say, we're going to sanction Russia. So they sanction Russia. So what happens then? When the sanction began after February the 24th, that's the week. First, they expelled Russia from the international banking system, which is Western banking system. They seized the assets of Russia, $300 billion asset, that is the sovereign asset of Russia in Western banks, European banks and American banks, where you will laterally see. That means it was robbed, it was stolen. 
if right. we if we want to be absolutely frank about it. So they stole three hundred billion dollar plus of Russian money with no compensation. They put the sanction on everything. So Nord Stream One, Nord Stream Two was sanctioned. Well. Russia went along with it in the sense that, okay, you sanctioned us, you sanctioned us. The ruble, the Russian money, on the day the sanction was implemented, that is February the 25th, 26th, the ruble was valued at over 180 rubles to one US dollar. Right. Eight weeks later, this week, the ruble's value was 60 rubles to one US dollar. That means the rubles had increased its strength three times in this week. It is, the, it is the US dollar that has collapsed, which also means the euro dollar has collapsed right. compared to rubles. Right. The question is why? Well, one reason is the rest of the world shifted that is the Chinese, the Indians, the Brazilians, uh, and, and uh, you know, the Japanese, most of the Pacific countries, they shifted from US dollar as a reserve currency to rubles. They started right. buying rubles to pay to pay Russians with rubles. Yeah. Okay. What about the European? Well, the European, the EU, the chairman of the EU, the commissioner, she is talking about sanction and more sanctions are coming. But in the meantime, individual members of the European Union, like Austria, like Hungary, like Greece, their individual members, including Germany, are going behind the sanction and buying rubles to pay Russia rubles to get their gas. To get their gas, yeah. Sure. So that their economy can be functioning, you know? So it has backfired. The only country which will not make an admission about that backfiring is Canada and Biden. Right. Now, Biden is sinking. The Democratic Party will get slaughtered in the midterm election in November, except if they get the Dominion machine to do the job and the 2000 mules to do the job. But the American people are awake. They're fully awake now. And it is going to be a bloodbath electorally. And I hope, and many people hope it happens, you know. Even if the rhinos are elected, the rhinos are, have to look around and see, you know, if they don't do what the people want them to do, they will be gone. So, so the Biden's ship, Titanic, is sinking. The only country then in the entire world that is totally off the map on this issue is Canada. It's Canada. Hmm. Because we have a virtue signaler as a PM. We, absolutely. Absolutely. So we have this man going to, going to uh, Kiev. Three, four days ago, he was in Kiev. And he's parceling out money to yeah. Zelensky as if it is nobody's business. And here we are having a debate among the conservatives and nobody's asking the question, who gave the authority to the Canadian government 
to you know engage in providing uh, drones, providing military equipments, providing artillery equipments, uh, and of course money, you know, to finance the Zelensky government. Where did the authority come from? Was there a vote in the parliament? Was there a discussion and debate in the parliament? Or is it that the 338 member in the Canadian parliament are all wearing the Ukrainian blue and yellow and everybody's up in virtue signaling? And as a result, we have become a belligerent power in this war. Yes, 100%. So the latest news is, and there's a complete blackout in the Canadian media, so we will not know from the Canadian media about this, but the, what, one of the latest news is there, you have it on the screen. A Canadian general has is now being held prisoner by Russian forces uh, who was captured in Mariupol. Lieutenant General John Trevor Kedio. John Kedio. And there is not a word in the Canadian media about it. And this man, who is now being held prisoner, according to the Russian sources, will be spilling the beans on what Canadians have been doing in Ukraine during this period. Right. So, so there's no accountability anywhere. The arrest, I'm just going to read a little bit of this, Salim. Yeah, uh, go ahead. The arrest of the Canadian Gen General Trevor John Cadu on May 1st by Russian troops while trying to escape from the Azov stall in Mariupol can serve as a piece of evidence that official evidence of the collective West has unleashed a war against Russia in the Ukraine. Seven months ago, he was considered a prime candidate for position of the Canadian Army commander and has already become famous for a sex scandal among his fellow officers. <laughs> oh boy, I don't need to read anymore. But yeah, and so and so here we go. Um, uh, it's just, could we be more embarrassed or embarrassing as a nation? I didn't get that. You were telling me something? Yeah, I was just saying, is it possible for us to be more embarrassed or that, you know, it is, it is worse than embarrassment because if, if, if even a part of the story is true, yeah. uh, this man was involved in a bio lab at, in, in, as of Steve, Mario Paul. The question is, what are the Canadians doing with bio lab in Ukraine? Right. We now know that more than 30 biolabs have been exposed by the Russians as they, as they have moved into Donbass region, you know, and they have been capturing these biolabs. So this is one more that they have captured with a Canadian general over there. Uh, the answer is simple. America, that is the Obama-Biden administration, all of this began in the Obama-Biden administration with the Congress passed the law that in America there can be no research or manufacturing production in any form or shape be done on gain of function research with you know viruses this law was passed by the Congress 
So consequently, Anthony Fauci and his people in the NIS started circulating the money outside of America, that is outsourcing the biolab function from mainland America to Ukraine and China and Canada. Because after all, we still don't know the full story behind the biolab in Winnipeg and the two Chinese who were escorted out of that lab by the RCMP. Right. So here you have, in the case of Ukraine, uh, Metabiota, that's, that's the name of the company that, that is in that report yep. that you flashed on the screen. Metabiota is, again, an outsourcing agency created by Anthony Fauci's group, just as Echo Health Alliance with Peter Dasdak was created so that Peter Dasdak and Echo Health Alliance was the agency through which NIH was outsourcing and funding Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan from where the pandemic or the pandemic started in 2020 or 2019, okay? So here it is, we are deeply involved in such activity in terms of modern warfare. Who is the target of these bio labs? In the case of Ukraine, the target was Russia. Right, right. In the case of China, now we know the target was not only the Chinese, uh, the surrounding area, and, and the Chinese are now paying a price for it, but it was uh, to, to take out uh, Donald Trump. And so the rest of us were all victims of this effort to bring down, and, and the effort turned out to be successful because they locked down the economy, they you know went through all the mandates and, and Trump, because that created the basis of mail-in ballots, that became the basis of the rigging and the stealing of the election, and, and Trump was ousted. Right. Okay, so this is this is exactly the deep state operation that goes all the way back to the end of Second World War, of which, I mean, it was it is it is just think about it. The man who made the warning mm. was America's greatest general in the twentieth century, a five-star general, the man who won the war in Europe. General Eisenhower. Right. Now, if you go deep into that history, and I can only take, you know, a capsule version in, in 60 seconds, Eisenhower and, 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 and in his memoir and in his biography, that is the, the finest biography that has been written about Eisenhower is by a man by the name of Gene Edwards, mm -hmm. uh, who was a professor at Columbia University. Um, a historian uh, is the storyline is that General Eisenhower got himself in a sense handcuffed. This is idiomatic. Handcuffed means he was surrounded by the appointees who were deep state actors, beginning with his Secretary of State, John Foster Dulles, and John Foster Dulles's brother. 
Alan Dulles, who became the chief of the CIA, uh, which was before it became CIA, it was OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, right. you know. And this, these were people who were acting covertly for the military industrial complex, all right? So uh, Eisenhower was boxed in by this. Eisenhower tried to break out of it, but he couldn't. People think that, you know, just becoming the, um, uh, the, the, the president gives you all the power to do everything. And that is not true. Right. You can become the president. It's like becoming the skipper on a aircraft carrier. Just because you're a skipper on an aircraft carrier doesn't mean you have your finger in every aspect of the aircraft carrier. You have to delegate authority and you're working with people who have already been there, you know. It's a complex machinery. So that's, that's exactly what happened to Eisenhower, to Kennedy, and then to Trump, because they were surrounded by deep state people. In 1960, the last year of President Eisenhower in office, he, according to his memoir, I'm now citing his memoir, According to his memoir, he had planned that in the last year of his office, before he leaves office, he will do what he called a crusade for peace. This was to be the culmination of an agenda that he had launched called Atom for Peace. So the crusade for peace was, was planned for the summer of 1960 and that this crusade would end up in a summit of world leaders but the principal leader that was going to be invited would be Nikita Khrushchev the leader of Soviet Union right. and the cruise and, and the summit would be held in Paris the president at that time in Paris was Charles de Gaulle, who was a colleague of Eisenhower in the war. Charles de Gaulle was the leader of the Free French. So it was all arranged that the summit would take place, the crusade for peace, and President Eisenhower would launch the summit and, in a sense, expose the deep state by signing, you know, um, agreements. Well, what happened? The date was set for the end of May 1960. And what happened was in the first week of May, a CIA spy plane, U-2, U-2 was a high-flying, high-speed supersonic plane that used to be used for reconnaissance, you know. That was the plane that took the pictures over Cuba of the missiles, the Soviet missiles in 1962. So a, a, a U-2 plane took off on a mission given to the pilot from Pakistan, from Peshawar in Northwest Frontier. So Pakistan was one of the bases for U-2, and the plane would fly across Soviet Union over the strategic places, taking pictures, and land in Norway, in the military base in Norway. Well, what happened was that this U-2 plane on the flight with Gary Powers, Gary Powers was a pilot, uh, landed or crash landed or, or was shot down in Soviet territory. Mm. 
President Eisenhower in his memoir says that the plane was not shot down. The, the plane developed machine problem. It started losing uh, altitude height. And the, and the pilot, that's Gary Power, crash landed it in, in, in the Russian heartland. Uh, but it was not only that he crash landed, the Soviet Union retrieved from the plane and from his parachute and from his, his uh, uh, baggage, all the documents identifying him as a CIA pilot. Now, in normal circumstances on a mission of, of, of this nature, no pilot would be carrying in his parachute and in his plane identification of his mission because that's a secret mission. There's always a possibility of a crash. So uh, he wouldn't be carrying it. So how did it all happen? Well, the subsequent story that has been told about this by people with inside knowledge was this was an Alan Dulles operation to sabotage the crusade for peace summit. And that's exactly what happened. The summit was sabotaged and the cancel. So President Eisenhower's program was laid waste. And what he did then ultimately, that just two days before stepping down, on January the 17th, 1961, in his farewell address, he laid out the whole uh, speech in which he talked about the military industrial complex and warned the American people to be, you know, uh, right. careful about it and to take notice about it. President Kennedy came into office, he, he had won the election. He then tried to, again, without getting into the detail, tried to end the CIA operation, not only in Cuba, but also in Vietnam by bringing it down. The, the Cuban Bay of Pigs operation was a CIA operation, a covert operation uh, that President uh, Kennedy inherited from the Eisenhower ad administration. Neither of the president had okayed it. It was a covert operation that this Alan Foster, Alan Dulles had, had planned and deliberately it was crashed so that according to the Americans who have written about this, people who were in the Kennedy administration who have written about it, the most famous books about this is written by uh, uh, Colonel Prouty who was in the White House and by David Talbot, who has written the biography of Alan Dulles, that this was deliberately done, that is the failure of the Bay of Pig operation so that once the story breaks out in the media, then the code operation would force President Kennedy to take military action against Castro. But President right. Kennedy refused. And instead of taking military action against Cuba, he started, he ordered the de-escalation of, of both the covert operation in Cuba and he launched the policy to bring back uh, American soldiers from Vietnam and end any participation with the South Vietnamese government. Right. And guess what? He signed the 
National Security Memorandum to do that in October of 1963. Five weeks later, he was dead. Yes. This is, this is what is the deep, deep state activity. Why is it doing this? Very simple. Without again getting into fine detail, war is the biggest profit making operation. Right. Right? And war and making war is a way to establish the greatest control over the population. Mm. Wartime tyranny. Okay. Yeah. So from 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 the end of Eisenhower regime, remember. If, if, if people don't re re recall this, let me remind them. When uh, President Eisenhower came to office after winning the 1952 election, the first thing he did was to negotiate a ceasefire in the Korean War right. and ended the Korean War. So from the end of the Korean War till the end of the Cold War, you can look around and count up the operation in which America has been involved. And the worst of the worst operation was Vietnam, which affected Cambodia, affected mm. Laos, you know, the whole region. Right. Uh, millions of people dead, millions of people turned into refugees, you know. And among the Americans, the cost of Vietnam was 58,000 Americans dead. All right, and billions of dollars spent. But all these dead, all of these refugees, all of the destruction is on one side of the ledger. Mm. On the other side of the ledger is the war profits that went into the military industrial complex. Right. So this is what, so the Cold War ended. Well, we had to have more wars. So then began the color revolution. Then began the, the you know, uh, activities that we saw right across the Middle East, Afghanistan, Iraq war, uh, into then the Balkan wars, into yeah. the color revolution in Georgia, in Ukraine, in Serbia, uh, Kazakhstan, Armenia. So this is what the covert operation is all about because there are trillions of dollars involved and that's what is happening in the Ukraine war. Whereas, whereas you don't find baby formula now in the grocery stores and more is going to be coming down the pipeline because the supplier of fertilizers, the supplier of metals, the supplier of raw material are one of the major suppliers, of course, Russia, but are in the third world countries. We have closed it, closed it down in our own country. Mm. Right. All in the name of green economy. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the effect of all of this is in our culture. Our mm -hmm. culture has been totally bastardized. When a man can be a woman, and when a man can proudly go out to destroy all the record of the women athletes, mm. what, what is it? That, that is now missing in our understanding 
to see how we have bastardized our culture. We have turned our society in a Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. And nobody Calvin can Klein, talk about it. Calvin Klein has a campaign on right now showing pictures of men being pregnant and their women lying next to them. <laughs> That's right. It's fun. That's I mean, we, we, we are not alone. I mean, uh, the, the biggest, the biggest uh, 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 factor in all of this is the Americans. You see, as the Ukraine war is basically from, there, is two, there are two aspects of this war at minimum. One is the info war. And in the info war, which is the media, the Americans and the Western media have a monopoly they, they, around the world because of the power of the Western media, you know, New York Times and, right. and so on, BBC and so on. The Russians cannot compete with the Western media. The Chinese cannot compete with the Western media. The Indians or the Brazilians cannot compete with the Western media. The Western media is the most powerful media in the world. But now it is Goebbels media. So there's an info war going on. With the, with the Goebbels media providing all sorts of fake news, which is what our people are buying into. Right. But the people who are producing the fake news, they know what the real news is. Right. And the real news is Russia is grinding down the Ukrainian army bit by bit by bit. So it's only a matter of time, not not our time, it is Russian calculation because they're going to do it on the basis of their own timeline, right. their own strategy. They're not running this war on the basis of American retired generals on Fox News and CNN telling them what is the time. Right. The fact of the matter is that the Russian army, as Colonel Douglas McGregor, retired military officer, has repeatedly pointed out, and and by the way, Fox News has now deplatformed him. He he, you know he he's not appearing anymore because his his analysis goes against the narrative of the mainstream media. Right. So as Colonel Douglas McGregor has repeatedly said, that if to take an example, if America was drawn into some sort of military action with Mexico, then it is absurd for anyone anywhere in the world to believe that the Mexicans are de defeating the American army. It is not going to happen. Right. Right. Similarly, it is absurd to believe that the Ukrainians are going to defeat the Russian army. Right. It, is, it is not going to happen. happen. Ukraine is on, on the Russian border. They're but not having again, to But again, this is this is where I I get I get pissed off at people. I get upset because, of course, you know they attack me because I talk about the truth behind all of this and 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 the agenda behind all of it and how the Ukrainian people are being used. Again, they knew all of this. They knew the consequences to all of this. They don't care about the Ukrainian people. And everyone's driving around flying Ukrainian flags. They have no idea how their own government in the Ukraine is using the Ukrainian people to get this, to do this, to have these consequences. It's sick. Well, absolutely. I mean, the entire responsibility on the, on the question of the Ukrainian people, the entire responsibility is on the shoulder of Zelensky. 
Yes. He can end the war today, or he could have ended the war yesterday by accepting the terms that are still on the table. Right, right. But the, but but it is it is the Western powers that is the NATO that is the United States, and of course Canada is not party to it. Is pushing Zelensky and the Ukrainians to fight till the last Ukrainian is standing. This is, this, 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 is, this is what what has happened. This is exactly what was happening in Vietnam. Right. This is what's happening in, in, in Afghanistan. Trillions of dollars were involved in it. So the people, you know, the generals and others, they, they gave the military industrial complex uh, the business. The business was to, to make Afghanistan into a Jeffersonian democracy. That is not going to happen. If Afghanistan becomes a Jeffersonian democracy, it will happen because of the Afghan people making that choice. Right, right. Over time. So yes. this, this whole operation is an orchestrated operation at the end of the day for the globalist agenda. Yes. The Americans that is American empire, which is, which is what it has become, the neocon empire. We need to come back and talk about who the neocons are in a subsequent discussion because this is a neocon agenda as much as anything. They are the drivers. Uh, this war, the Americans are waging, the platform and ideology of this war has been enunciated by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum in terms of the Great Reset. This is globalism and operation. Putin is resisting and fighting globalism in Ukraine to defend the national sovereignty of Russia. And, and the interest of the Russian people. By, by, by the way, what has now happened Yes, he ha he's fighting for the interests of the Russian people. But what has happened, he is now fighting in defending national sovereignty of all people who are concerned about national sovereignty. Ironically, then, he's also it fighting for the national sovereignty of the Canadian people because the defeat of Ukraine is the defeat of globalism. Yes. And that will set back globalism, hopefully. And a defeat of globalism in Ukraine which will happen militarily, the question is politics of it, a defeat of globalism in Ukraine is going to help the American patriots make America great again to take the revenge upon the Democratic Party and what they're doing. Right. And make America great again is about national sovereignty, America first. And hopefully that will rub off upon enough Canadians that we can also have our Canada first agenda. Just as the Indians had the India first agenda, Brazilians had the Brazilian first agenda all around the world. Now, does it mean, including the Chinese, by the way, does it mean that those of us who are Canada first, you and I, we want in Canada the same policy as the Chinese have in China? Obviously not. That is Chinese sovereignty. They have to deal with their own problems. Yes. The issue, the issue about national sovereignty, the people of that sovereign country are responsible 
for their politics, for their economics, for their own well-being. How that is done is for us to decide for ourselves. Globalism means, again, imperialism top-down, where none of us have a, will have any say in the matter, as you have been talking about with the WHO. They can, at a drop of a hat, declare a pandemic, and we are in a pandemic tyranny, a health tyranny. Absolutely, 100%. And, and they'll they, they'll coordinate that one again. Uh, they've shown us how they how they do it. I, I mean, the recipe book was written by Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, COVID nineteen and the Great Reset. I, I mean, none of this, none of it, it should be a surprise to anybody when it happens again, and it will. Yeah, I mean, uh, when in twenty twenty. Uh, uh, February, it was January or February, late January, early February, when the World Economic Forum, uh, sorry, the World Health Organization came down with its mandate uh, that began this whole cycle on COVID-19. Trump not only opposed it, Trump defunded American contribution to World Health Organization, if you can recall. Yeah. Okay. Now, Biden administration has signed on to the May 22nd right. uh, uh, policy that is coming down the pipe. Uh, so where Trump defunded WHO, Biden and the Democrats have signed on to it. Of course, there is not a peep in Canada from any of the parties. It's actually, it's actually the American submission to the, to the World Health Assembly. It's actually yes. language is coming from America for that precisely for that yeah and that is that exactly goes to the to, to the to the argument that this is stripping the sovereignty of nation states yeah absolutely it is absolutely so so a, a russian victory in ukraine which is military victory is guaranteed it is going to happen the question is a political issue well in canada in America, there is going to be repercussions, okay? because in the midterm election, as one can predict so far, there's going to be a wipeout of the Dem Democratic Party. Uh, but um, in Canada, we don't have any voice to pick up. And the only voice there is, is that of Maxime Bernier, but he doesn't have any platform. What he's saying, nobody, nobody is hearing it. I mean, he's the only leader of a party that has called out against the Ukraine war. He said that, you know, we should be taking the lead and trying to find a solution, a peaceful but, solution. But nobody will talk to him. Nobody in the mainstream will talk to him. Yeah, there's, there's no discussion. No. He's totally missing. Yeah, it's... Uh... We should we should expand a little bit on that next time too, maybe and, and touch on that too. Uh, but Salim, we're at an hour and a half. I, you know what? Yeah. I, another great show of of uh, connecting a lot of dots for people, and and hopefully, yeah. you know, after time. I mean, tonight because I'm back on my regular Facebook uh, platforms. You know, we got 130 people watching right now across a number of different platforms. Numbers will be you know in the thousands by the time it's over. So. We're going to start reaching some more people again, and, and YouTube is growing again. So, so it's uh, you know we just got to keep doing what we're doing, and, and hopefully it bleeds into to more and more uh, uh, new listeners and and people that 
gotta gotta hear this because it's the only place you're gonna hear it. Well, we have to be true to our own conscience, and that's what we're trying to do. I mean, I and you and those of us who are joining us, that is asking the question and trying to provide a perspective and a context of those questions by reference to history. And hopefully other people can do the similar investigation and, and raise the level of their own understanding, uh, deepen that understanding, talk with their friends, talk with their family. And, you know, that's how all we can hope for, that the change will gather its own momentum. Yes. So, yeah, thank you so much for the, uh, having me on this evening. And, and it's great to talk with you. Um, keep an eye on it, whether the American, uh, Canadian media is going to report about uh, Lieutenant General Trevor John Caddo uh, so that we are not surprised when he starts spilling the being in Russia and Russia starts reporting about it, you know. Of course, the majority of the people will be surprised, but you and I and people who are paying attention to us are not surprised right. with, with what sort of... Uh, stories that he, uh, under interrogation by the Russian, uh, will tell them, you know, and that will implicate a whole lot of other people in this dirty war that is going on in Ukraine. Absolutely, hundred percent. All right, my friend, I'll be in touch. Okay, I'll call sometime next week, and we'll uh, we'll discuss what we're going to talk about next Friday. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you. Good All night. Right. God bless by you. By the way, I should mention too. Yeah, did I tell you I've now uploaded? I'm, I'm uploading our streams to uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Just so you know, I'll send you the links. Okay, please do that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Okay. Good night. All right, my friend. Have a good night. Okay. Good night. Bye bye. Bye for now. All right. Another great night with Salim. Uh, the man is just. Uh, well, again, a national treasure. And uh, you guys are really lucky um, that you keep coming back and getting that type of information and education from a brilliant mind for nothing. <laughs> it's just too bad that more people don't... Uh, well, people just don't know what they don't know, right? They don't know that they need to listen to this type of stuff, but we'll get there. <clears throat> yeah, you bet, Teresa. All right, that's it. That's a wrap. And uh, we'll see you next time. I'm heading to Edmonton tomorrow. I got to take my kid and he's going to buy a car out in Edmonton. So I got to give him a ride out there tomorrow. So probably nothing tomorrow. Maybe Sunday night we'll come back and do something. I'm sure some shit would have hit the fan by that point between now and then. Uh, there's a slow roll in Saskatoon tomorrow, apparently. Uh, what time at the Flying J, Grant? I'll just wait for Grant to answer here. And 10 a.m. at the Flying J, slow roll tomorrow, slow roll convoy uh, in Saskatoon. So if you're in town looking for something to do um, with your Canadian flag, that would be the thing to do. So, uh, yeah, sometime between 10 and 11, meet at the Flying J. And, uh, yeah. Let them know we're still paying attention. All right. 
Anyways, hey, Kelsey. Uh, that's a wrap. And remember, globalism, bad. Nationalism, good. All right. Ciao for now.